Well again we give a warm welcome to everybody that's here this evening to our service and those who are joining with us online and we pray that the Lord would be with us and direct us. We're going to begin this evening by singing in the words of Psalm number 5 in the Scottish Psalter page 203 and we're going to sing verses 1 <coughs> verses 1 to 7. Give ear unto my words, O Lord, my meditation way. Hear my loud cry, my King, my God, for I to thee will pray. Lord, thou shalt early hear my voice. I early will direct my prayers to thee, and looking up, an answer will expect. And so on to the end of the verse, March 7. Give ear unto my words, O Lord. <coughs>
we join together in prayer, let us pray. O Lord, we pray that thou wouldst give ear to us as we present ourselves before thee a thrice holy God. We come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. We cannot approach thee except through the blood of the everlasting covenant. We have no deserving whatsoever because of our sin and our iniquity. But we thank thee for the grace of faith that has enabled us to believe that thou dost forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We wait upon thee and we desire to worship thee, to lift up our voices and praise and adoration of thee. For thou art the God that delighteth in mercy, thou art our Father. In thee we put our trust. We pray then too that thou wouldst help us to acknowledge not only that we are sinners indeed by nature and practice, but also that thou wouldst work a work of grace in our hearts, so that we would flee from all of those things that are an offence to thee, that we would follow the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he has said, Come unto me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. In our coming before thee this evening, we pray that thou wouldst grant us a hearing ear, an understanding heart, concerning all the things that are our concerns in our lives. Each one of us, O Lord, have many petitions that we want to make, whether we make them silently or audibly. But we know that thou art the hearer and the answerer of prayer. Thou art faithful to thy word, and we pray that as we present our petitions before thee, we may do so, believing and trusting in the Son of thy love. For he is the great intercessor, for he is the one who takes those things that are our thoughts and our prayers and presents them before thy throne of grace. O Lord, what a privilege we have that we are not left to ourselves. We are no longer in the waste-howling wilderness, but rather Thou hast redeemed us, Thou hast set us free, Thou hast laid upon us the truth and the righteousness of Christ, and we pray that Thou hast help us to serve Thee as we ought. And we would ask of Thee that Thou hast be a blessing upon us as families and individuals, we pray for all our loved ones and for any for whom we may have concerns. We pray for those of our loved ones who may still yet be in darkness and do not own the truth in their own hearts. They may have some understanding but have not committed themselves yet unto Christ. O Lord, we plead with thee for them. We pray that thou wouldst help them to come in humble penitence before thee, a thrice holy God, not only to confess, but to believe. And this we pray not only for our own loved ones, 
but those whom we know also in the various circles of our friends and our neighbours. Help us, we pray thee, to be a witness to them and to confess before this world that there is only one sure hope for eternal life, and that is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So bless the ministry of thy word to this end, that we might all be witnesses to the truth as it is in Christ. We pray that as a congregation we might bring before the people, the community, the word of eternal life. Give us words of wisdom, we pray thee. Give us the words of truth, that we may speak forth the word in season to many souls of whom we may know that are walking in darkness. We would ask of thee to remember our congregation in all its work and labour of love for Christ amongst young and old alike. We pray for those who may be away from us at this time, the young ones who may be in college or university. We commend them to thee and we pray that thou, O Lord, would guide and keep them. Keep them in the hollow of thine hand and be a blessing to them each day. Bless them in all that they are doing in the preparation for future life's journey. But above everything we pray that they would know the hand of God reaching out toward them, protecting them, and giving them to know that underneath are the everlasting arms of Christ. We pray that in the congregation thou would use the elders and the deacons, the officeators, and all those who have been given that position to be witnesses of Christ. We pray for our pastor, we commend him to thee, and we pray that thou wouldst help him in all his labour of work and love in this congregation. Thou hast set before him a great responsibility, but we know, Lord, that thou wouldst keep him, and we pray that thou wouldst help him each day. Remember him and his family, his partners in life, and all that are his concerns. O Lord, we thank thee that thou dost hear and thou dost answer the prayers of faith. Continue with us then, O Lord, we pray thee, and do thou undertake for us, forgiving all offence, loving us in Jesus. Amen. I would like us to read in the Old Testament, in the first book of Kings, in chapter 18. And we're going to read from the beginning of the chapter, 1 Kings chapter 18. After many days the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab and Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. And when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of water and to all the valleys. 
Perhaps we may find grass and save the horses and mules alive and not lose some of the animals. So they divided the land between them to pass through it. And Ahab went in one direction by himself, and Obadiah went in another direction by himself. And as Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him. And Obadiah recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is it you, my lord, Elijah? And he answered him, It is I. Go tell your lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, How have I sinned? that you would give your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me. As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kindred kingdom where my Lord has not sent to seek you. And when they would say he is not here, he would take an oath of the, of the kingdom or nation that they had not found you. And now you say, Go tell your Lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And as soon as I have gone from you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you, and I know not where. And so when I come and tell what Ahab and sorry, behold, and behold, sorry, and so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, he will kill me, although I, I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? How I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifties in a cave, and fed them with the bread, with bread and water? And now you say, Go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here, and he will kill me. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel, and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. <laughs> so Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the people Sorry, but gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I, only am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us, and let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it in the wood, but put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other, the other bull, and lay it on the wood, and put fire, no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God, 
and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, It is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose for yourselves one bowl and prepare it first. For you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bowl that was given, the bowl that was given them, and they prepared it and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. And they cried aloud, and one cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order, in order and cut the, the bowl in pieces and laid it on the, on the wood. And he said, Fill your jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around at the altar and filled the trench also with water. And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known that this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. 
and so on and may God bless to us that reading of his word and to his name be all the praise we're now going to sing in Psalm 89 Psalm 89 singing verses 3 to verse 7 page 344 Psalm 89 at verse 3 I with my chosen one have made a covenant graciously and to my servant whom I love to David sworn have I that I thy seed established shall forever to remain and will to generations all thy throne build and maintain and singing on to the end of verse 7 I with my chosen one have made short passage in the New Testament in Paul's second letter to Timothy and chapter 1 reading verses 1 to verse 12 2 Timothy chapter 1 Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus 
To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason I, rem I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us, as, saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave, which, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began and which now has been made manifested through the appearing of our Saviour Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the Gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day, what has been entrusted to me. And so on, and may God bless to us that further reading of his word. <laughs> We're now going to sing in Psalm number, sorry, Psalm number 34, in the Sing Psalms version, page 40. Psalm number four. No, it's thirty four. Sorry. Thirty four. Yes, sorry. Psalm thirty four of the Sing Psalms version and at verse eight. Come taste and see the Lord is good, who trusts in him is blessed. O fear the Lord, you saints, with need you will not be oppressed. Young lions may grow weak and faint and hunger for their food, but those who wait upon the Lord will not lack any good. And so on to the end of the verse, Mark 16 from verse 8. Come taste and see, the Lord is good. <laughs>
I would like us now to turn to our Old Testament reading in the first book of Kings and chapter 18. And if I might read again in verse 3 and also verse 12. And Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. And when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs. And then in verse 12, And as soon as I have gone from you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you I know not when. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, he will kill me, although I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. (laughs) And I want us to think of these words that express characteristic, or maybe a multitude of characteristics of this man Obadiah. He's not somebody that we would recollect very quickly with regard to maybe him being one of the the great figures of the Old Testament. And in fact, there are many people like him who seem to be hidden behind the arras, as it were, of Old Testament characters. I remember looking at one time before at um, Ebed Melech, another man who was sort of hidden from view to a great extent, even just like Caleb, who also was hidden from view, at least in, in some ways. But I think these men have characteristics about them that maybe to a degree put us to shame when we look a little closer into their lives. Now most of them, as I've suggested, they don't have a big narrative about their lives, not like many others. Very little said of them. But what is said of them expresses something of great fragrance with regard to the testimony of their lives. This man, Obadiah, we don't know a lot about him, but what we do know about him is that he is a man who feared God greatly from his youth. Now when you look into these words in themselves, you find there a great reservoir of life in all its fragrance, of which we ourselves, I'm sure to an extent, would love to have it said of us. Not in any way to bring attention to ourselves, and I don't think that's what Abadiah is doing here, but he is stating a fact. But the fact that he is stating needs to be qualified, at least at this level, because the situation in which he finds himself is not an easy one. In fact, very far from it. If we know anything of these two characters that lie behind him, in a way, Ahab and Jezebel, you begin to understand at least something of the quality of the character of this man. 
because we know that Ahab and Jezebel were as we are told here in this passage itself they were disobedient to the commandments of God they worshipped the idols of this world in fact the whole setup was one that you and I would want to take a wide berth in we wouldn't want to be involved in fact we would probably want to run a mile than get involved with these two people Ahab and Jezebel and one can understand Obadiah even later on when he was fearful what Elijah wanted him to do to go, and Ahab, to, go to Ahab and tell him that Elijah was here and that brought a bit of fear upon him that's something that we're all conversant with aren't we we know what like it is to be afraid oh there are times when we feel quite confident and maybe quite almost dangerously self-assured but when we come up against a problem or a difficulty then our faith might be shaken to the extent that maybe we would want to do what Jonah did run away and hide not face up to the reality of it all but that's not exactly what Obadiah does in fact Obadiah knows fine that he has a responsibility not first and foremost to Ahab or Jezebel he has a responsibility considering the position of work that he has where he is and that is important and we all have responsibilities of that kind but imagine working in that kind of environment and yet trying to exercise one's faith how possible is it we're living in times I'm sure we are very much aware of that where it's very very difficult to open one's mouth or to speak with any real certainty in case just in case we might be caught we might be accused of many things as a result of opening our mouth in defense of the faith that's a dangerous position in which we as a nation are in and it can't be easy to hold the torch aloft <coughs> but that's what Obadiah is doing he is working in the household of Ahab and Jezebel and he is holding his faith in a way that is speaking very clearly Ahab called Obadiah who was over the household now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly and it's that statement that I think has lots to tell us the first thing of course is that he feared the Lord not a slavish fear and we know that we know when the Bible speaks in this kind of way it's not like being a slave or being frightened of God but it is exercising a respect before a thrice holy God we don't want to say or do anything that would offend the one who loved us above our deserving we don't want to do that we want to reverence our God and that's what Obadiah is seeking to do even in the face 
of all the threats that must have come upon him because we know this one thing that Jezebel had a great hatred of Obadiah and the hatred was because Obadiah was an ominous man a man of a great integrity a man who followed his God and of course for Jezebel especially because I think sometimes poor Ahab was drawn by a rope to a noose on a cow Obadiah wasn't going to be like that he wasn't going to kowtow, pardon the expression to people like Jezebel or Ahab he was going to exercise his fear of God in a way that was going to be honouring to God and what is interesting of this great statement of Obadiah that he feared the Lord now as I said already he's not being bumptious here there is nothing wrong in any one of us expressing our fear of God and not being presumptuous or not seeking to as it were blow our own trumpet but far the opposite for someone like Obadiah it would have been better for him to have kept his mouth shut it would have been easier for him he wouldn't have the threats of Jezebel upon him but rather he would have the divine approbation because after all who was he going to obey who do we want to obey is it not God because after all if we know that he has set the seal of his love upon us is that not reason enough for us to express a reverence for him when Obadiah says I feared the Lord since my youth that tells you an awful lot about this young man of course here he's not a young man he's a bit older some commentators have suggested he's more grey-headed but what he is saying is quite clear I've feared the Lord from my youth it is helpful for us I'm sure when we look back upon our own lives and even sometimes our own lives that were misspent youth maybe we cringe as we contemplate and consider what our earlier life was like for this man he was a man who would appear as though from a very young lad he followed the Lord he loved the Lord and he wanted to do everything for his Lord that was of integrity and with honesty and whatever the influence of the world around him was going to be he was going to be unflinching with regard to his walking in the way and in the fear of the Lord now we learnt it from his youth many of us I'm sure would love to be able to say that yes from our youth from our childhood we had followed the Lord but not every one of us can say that we know that we have followed a course according to our own desire our own whim our own delicacies 
like the young man you remember who went to his father and asked for his, the money that was due to him because he didn't like to live any longer under the activities of his father and the influence of his father and the religion of his father he wanted to go somewhere else because he wanted and he believed that there was something out there that was much more precious much more endearing to him but he went his way anyway only to find that it wasn't exactly what he anticipated in fact he didn't really think to himself properly now there was a young man who had the upbringing had the consolation of the word of God upon his heart and soul at a very young age and every one of us if we have had that experience when we were children ought to look back with thankfulness maybe sometimes we have thought that and maybe this was the young man the prodigal son maybe he thought that the strictures of the home were too great and he couldn't abide by it and it was better to be free and liberated as he thought it only to find out that he was ending up in a mess Obadiah feared the Lord from his youth. Now again, it wasn't the case that Obadiah had some kind of obligation towards his parents. I'm sure that was in it and I hope we would all have that as we reflect upon our upbringing, what God had done for us by even bringing us into a Christian home, a Christian family. Not all of us have had that benefit and privilege. But if we do have it, then it is a God-given thing. It was that for Obadiah, I am sure. And that's what influenced his life to a great extent. In fact, more than a great extent. Because as he says himself, I feared the Lord greatly from my youth. What an amazing thing it is, isn't it? to be able to even say to yourself that the Lord has been my rock, my stay the Lord has been my strength, he has been my guide he has shown me the path, way of truth and righteousness what a privileged position Ahab was in not Ahab but he, that Obadiah was in Now if it was you and I, knowing what we do know, even now, if we're confronted with situations not even as bad as this, and this was one of the worst ones, we would want to run away maybe, not face up to it. And yet it seemed to be in the providence of God that Obadiah was in this position for a purpose that God would be glorified, that God would be honoured. We don't see that at the time. When we feel and through the experience of the word of God in our hearts and souls, influencing us in such a way that we would walk therein. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, says Ecclesiastes. The creator 
For Obadiah, it wasn't just the Creator, it was more than that. Because, as I said, he's had a reverence for God since his youth. And it's been a great, ever-deepening reverence for him. You know, we sometimes probably find ourselves having to check ourselves day by day, considering what God has done for us and given to us. But imagine the influence of such a profession, such a fragrant life as this, in the household of Ahab and Jezebel. Was it water of a duck's back to Ahab and Jezebel? I'm sure it was to a degree. And yet we find in many historical narrative with regard to the Lord's people how their characteristics have demonstrated themselves in such a way that people cannot hide away from the fact. Maybe Jezebel wanted to get rid of Obadiah. Maybe that's true. But she couldn't. The reason being was because Ahab saw in Obadiah a man of quality, a man of integrity, a man who trusted in God, the God of whom he and Jezebel and the rest of Israel had turned their back upon. The whole providential situation here is to teach Ahab and Jezebel a lesson. And Obadiah is right in the middle of it. You may think, and I may think, that we're worthless. And maybe that can be a check that can be put upon us at times. Maybe we're not what we should be. That is true. But nevertheless, let not Satan diminish you in your faith just because you don't feel accepted. Ahab was a man who looked upon Obadiah as a conscientious person. And no matter what Jezebel was going to say, he wasn't going to get rid of him. Moreover, God had a purpose. Whatever Jezebel thought, whatever Ahab thought, God had a purpose. And it was going to be to the well-being of Israel. He may have been a little cog in a big wheel, as we all are. But nevertheless, don't forget for one moment the usefulness that you and I can be in the kingdom of Christ, following the example of the Lord Jesus, following in the same way that Obadiah does, fearing the Lord greatly from our youth, having the influence of the truth of the word of God bearing upon us so richly that the evidence is evident even in the hearts and the lives of those who have become the enemies of God. God is sending a drought on Israel. That is true. Why? 
Well, because Israel did not obey the commandments of God. It didn't follow the way of truth and of righteousness. And Obadiah is being used in that whole scenario. Oh yes, the figure that stands out very clearly in the narrative of the whole thing about the Baals and the, the, the idolatrous activities. It's Elijah that stands forth, is it not? He's the one that we think of more primarily in a passage like this, not Obadiah. It's Elijah the one that calls down the fire from heaven to burn the offering. And you ask yourself, what is the purpose of your life in this congregation, in this community of Christ's saints? Are you a vessel, do you believe, for honor or dishonor? Do you believe that the Lord is using you? Or are you looking for something much bigger, something much greater? You know the witness and the testimony of the Lord's people is the most fragrant thing that this world can ever testify to. And we know that as we see the Lord's people upholding the standards of their faith even in the midst of all kinds of opposition. We know it. I think of Obadiah in this way with regard to ourselves, that no matter what comes our way, whatever might be the political institutions that want to bring us down and make us grovel, we won't. Why? Because we fear the Lord. He is greater than all this world. No matter what might be the might of man and the power of man and the so-called wisdom of man, there is nothing that can get up and compare to that of God. When Obadiah met Elijah, he met a man of whom he had heard, who was a great man in many respects. Of course, many theologians will say to you, don't ever think of anyone being great except the Lord Jesus Christ. But the great man theory is one that is perpetrated right across our society. And everyone is trying to be better than the next one. But that's not what we want. Not at all. We get nowhere. We benefit nothing from it. But we do benefit. And we will be used. And the Lord will bless our witness and our testimony in the face of people like Ahab and Jezebel. They're just round the corner. They're bearing upon us. Yes, and they're burdening in us. But what are they before God? The God who can, as it were, thwart the power of the Baals, of the Ashtaroths of this world? God is great. Greater than anything we've ever known. 
and let us not diminish that characteristic. It is by faith in God, by trusting in God, that we could truly say, as does Obadiah, I feared the Lord greatly from my youth. It's not just giving him a side glance. It's just not just accepting that, well, this is the way it is. This is the way I've been brought up. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. It goes right into the heart of each and every one of us. When that fear that Obadiah knew, that reverence for God that Obadiah knew, when that fear comes upon you and I, then you and I don't need to worry about the challenges of this world and the darkness of this world. Because we believe in a God who is greater than it all. That doesn't mean, and as I've said and suggested already even from this passage, that Obadiah didn't fear at all. He did. He was worried about being sent back to Ahab. What if Ahab kills me? That's quite natural, at least in the fallen heart of man. But it doesn't take away from the fact that Obadiah was being used by God in this whole situation. Now I know it's a long chapter to read, but it's worth the reading of it. Because all the intricacies of that chapter tell us that Obadiah was influencing many things under the providence of God for the well-being of Israel. Who knows? Who knows what influence you and I can be in our small cornered coin of phrase? What influence we can be as those who fear the Lord? Never mind the youth at this moment, our youth, because we know what that was like. And we've come away from that by the grace of God. But we have an obligation. And we ride it out in the strength of God the Lord. Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. I remember speaking on Caleb. Very simple word and statement made of Caleb. He followed the Lord wholly. That's about all that could be said about Caleb. But is that not enough? If that has come upon us as individuals, that we follow the Lord, we believe in him, we have reverence for him. And from this point forth, we say, I will follow, I will follow, I will follow. Shall we pray? O eternal and ever-blessed God, Thy word is full of rich experiences of Thy people of old. And however small, in inverted commas, however small we might think ourselves to be, in the warp and woof of God's providential dealings with us, we are instruments in His hand, he calls us to be instant and in season and out of season. 
no matter the enemy of our souls, we are assured that if we put our trust in him, we have nothing to fear. Thou art a gracious and a merciful God. Deliver us, we pray thee, from all that is presumptuous within us, and accept of us in the Beloved. Amen. We're going to conclude by singing in Psalm number 3, again in the traditional version of the psalm, at page 201, and we're going to sing verses 1 to verse 8. Psalm 3. O Lord, how my foes increased against me, many rise. Many say of my soul, for him in God no succor lies. Yet thou my strength and glory art, the uplifter of mine hand, head. I cried, and from his holy hill the Lord me answer made. And so on to the end of the psalm. O Lord, how are my foes increased.
now may grace, mercy and peace from Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon and remain with you 